please. Get your Bibles. Turn the page. I mean, John chapter 5. John chapter 5. And I want to begin to read verse 1. It's a beautiful day. Been a good week. Lord's been good to us. Amen. In John chapter 5 and verse 1. I love to study the miracles that Jesus did in the Bible. Beginning in verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Verse 54, chapter 4, says this again, the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Galilee. So he's talking about after the first miracle that took place, and then he says after this, there was a feast. Now, there is a Jerusalem, by the sheep market of Pooh, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of important folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into Pooh and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole, whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, Another step it down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him, That was cured. It is Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to cure thy bed. He answered him, He that made me hold the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, What man is it that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he said, And he that was healed was not who he was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. And afterward, Jesus finding him in the temple and saith unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest the worst thing come to thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. And therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but he said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do, for what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. 
and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. For the Father judges no man, but has given all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honors not the Son, honors not the Father, which has sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life, shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that shall hear shall live. For as the Father has life in himself, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of God, the Son of Man. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, we marvel every time we read the miracles that you perform in the Word of God. And Lord, just healing somebody, just raising somebody from the dead, that's a wonderful thing to even think about. But the whole message, as we understand it from thy word, is we might believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as God in the flesh, not just a miracle worker, not just a man doing great things, but he's God in the flesh. Only God can do these things. Bless us as we study this miracle now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love this story. Now here's a picture. Jesus is God's strength for our disabilities. All of us have disabilities from one way or another. Now listen to these two verses. Isaiah 40 verse 30. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. That meaning that all human strength will utterly and ultimately fail then. But the Bible also us a great word of hope in 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. You know what I get excited about? I know it's crazy to some people, but I get excited about it. The older I get, I think uh, just a little while I'll be in heaven. Amen? And that's what it's talking about here. The body is going to deteriorate, whether you like it or not. But the spiritual man is going to heaven. We get stronger every day simply because we're going to heaven. There's no fountain of youth for the body, but there is one for the soul. The great question is not what is going to happen to the body, the greater question is, do you have the inner spiritual strength to be what God wants you to be? In John chapter 5, verses 1 through 14, tells of the healing of a paralyzed man. And the miracle points us to the inner strength Jesus alone gives. In John chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, after, there, after this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market 
Apu, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of imported folk, a blind halt, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever that first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. When I read that, if I had something wrong with me, and I really believed that getting in that pool would heal me, I think I'd camp there. Amen? I'd be right there at the edge of it if I could get there. Now the problem here with this man is he believed that he was going to, if he could get in that pool before everybody else, he could be healed. But the problem is he couldn't do it because he he didn't have the strength to do it. He couldn't do it by himself. Now the word Bethesda means house of mercy. Here, God in His mercy would perform a miracle of healing the first person who stepped in the poo. Now, you got to remember something. It wasn't the water. It was God that was doing it. The question is asked then, why doesn't Jesus heal everybody? Well, verse 5 says, a certain man. That means not all. Now, remember this, please. Every miracle Jesus ever did was a parable of instruction. There is a message to every miracle Jesus ever did. Here, Jesus healing this one man, he had a purpose in mind and a message for everybody. Verse 6, Jesus asked this man a simple but profound question. Will thou be made whole? Now, that's a question Jesus is still asking everybody today when it comes to salvation. Will you accept Christ? Will you uh, get saved? Now the word impotent here means without strength. That's all of us apart from Lord Jesus Christ. I can't save myself. I can't save anybody else. The healing of this man is not just about his body, but it's about his soul. There are three things you must do if we're going to experience God's power over our disabilities. Number one, admit we have weaknesses. Look at verse 7. Verse 7 says, The important man answered him said, Sir, I have no man. Did you know that's exactly what Jesus is asking every unsaved person? You have to come to Jesus and say, I can't save myself. I need a Savior. I need you to save me. Now, you watch this. This man admitted to Jesus he was weak. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Every person without Christ is without strength. The primary source of our weakness in John chapter 5 verse 14, afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest the worst thing come up to, unto thee. So the primary reason this man's weakness was his sin. Not everybody is sick because of their sin, but this man was because Jesus mentioned it. That's the reason Jesus picked him to heal. We're sinners by birth, sinners by nature, and sinners by choice, and sinners by practice. So the source of our spiritual disabilities is sin. 
Now the paralyzing force of our weakness is, John, uh, Romans chapter 5 verse 6, makes it plain Jesus died for the ungodly. Why? Because we don't have the strength to be godly. God's plan for all of us is found in verse Peter chapter 1 and verse 16. God says, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. Well, I can't be holy. We don't have the strength to be holy. We have to have somebody to make us holy. And only God can do that. Now, you must activate our will then. If we want God to replace our disabilities with His strength, we must activate our will. You know, I, I, I know this is true. I, I've heard preachers preach, you know, that God picks you to do, go to hell and you go to heaven and so on. No, God give us a free will. God made us a free moral agent. That means simply that I can choose to do whatever I want to do. God allowed me to do that. Now you got to understand that. That's not a work of something you can do. That's something that God allowed you to do. And now John chapter 5 verse 6 said, Will thou be made whole? That's your, uh, what is your will in this matter is what he's asking. God will never make you choose his way. But he will give you the strength to do his will. I'm, I deal with people all the time and have over these years that they, when you ask them, uh, would you be saved? Would you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and give you strength to overcome anything in your life? And they say, well, I don't know if I can or not. My answer to them always is, no, you can't. You can't overcome. But Jesus in you can. Now, in Revelation 22, verse 17, whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. So there's the will mentioned again. John 7, verse 37. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. So we understand then that anybody can come if they want to come and exercise their will to come. Now notice Jesus wasn't just asking this man if he wanted to walk again. He needed a word or whole. That means fullness, whole, uh, sameness. Jesus was offering this man spiritual as well as physical wholeness. He was offering him the forgiveness of sin. Now watch verse 7. The important man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step it down before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day uh, was the Sabbath. Now, these verses make it plain Jesus not only offered the man a choice, but he commanded him to do something. Now, we, read, we talk about Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves a gift to God, not of works, lest any man should boast, but most preachers that I have ever heard on Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, they don't go the rest of the way. Listen to this. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself, but it is a gift of God. That's grace. Not of works, lest any man should boast. 
For we are his workmanship, though, verse 10, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. <clears throat> what I'm saying here, <clears throat> if it's not a desire, when somebody says, well, I made a profession of faith, I come to Jesus to ask him to save him. If there's not a desire in that man's heart and soul after he's asked the Lord to save him to do good, he never got saved. He never accepted Christ. Because Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 plainly tells us, by grace of God are we saved, but then there is good works that follows that. Now, these three ver verses are built around three key prepositions. Be, by, through, unto. I told you about the guy that come down to my house. He's a philosopher and he sat down in my garage and me and him talked for a long time. He said, I found the true preacher. That if you want to get in, you've got to lay down beside it before you can get in it, before you can go through it. I went in my house, I told my wife, what's troubling me is I'm beginning to understand him. <laughs> and, and it's the truth. Now, what Jesus is asking here, these words now, these prepositions, by, through, and to. This man was made whole by God's grace. He was paralyzed. He could not help himself by grace. Ephesians 2, verse 8. That's through faith. This man exercised his faith by getting up, taking his bed up, and walking away. So real faith is belief with legs on it. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are saved unto good works. So salvation is by grace, through faith, unto good works. And you can't get that out of order. You can't do good works unless you have faith and the Lord Jesus Christ, and that only comes by the grace of God, not works. So you, you turn that around, the Bible says we're saved by grace through faith undo good work. But people want to come along, and it's just like a man come forward one Sunday, I went down to deal with him, he said, Preacher, I want to get saved, but i got to go home and get some things right. And as far as I knew, it, knew he died in his sins because he would not except Christ, uh, until he got everything just right. He had to pay all his bills up, had to get things right with his wife and family. He said, i got to prepare to die because he was dying of cancer. And I said, sir, the greatest preparation you can make is by accepting Christ as your Savior today. No, he said, i got to get things right in this life and then I'll accept Christ. I said, you'll never get saved. It don't work that way. You come by uh, under God by faith, only by the grace of God, and then you'll do good works. It simply means you can't live the Christian life until you receive Christ. It's Christ in us. It's the Christian life. Colossians 2 verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in Him. You can't walk the Christian life without Him being in you. Then uh, the thing here is, Jesus did not come to be the great healer. Jesus came to be the great Savior. Now, how do we meet our needs in Jesus? First of all, you've got to admit your need for Jesus. 
both for salvation and strength. Number two, you bring our disabilities to Jesus. Lay our weaknesses at His feet. He's my strength. Now, people ask me all the time, Preacher, what's the key to your long life and your health and everything? I said, because I trust the Lord. And I mean it from one step to the next. I mean every day of my life, every day I get up, I just trust the Lord. He lives a life through me and my strength, my health, everything about me, I give the credit to the Lord Jesus Christ for taking care of me. Now, so bring our disabilities. If you got a problem, bring them to Jesus. Lay them at His feet. No use to worry about them and trouble yourself about them. Bring them to Jesus. Lay them at His feet. Then trade your disabilities for Jesus' strength. I can't do what I want to do. I've tried to... When I first started serving the Lord, God called me to preach. I said, I'll do everything I can to serve the Lord. And I never will forget one time years ago when I first got saved, I wanted to serve the Lord so bad and I didn't know what to do. So me and a friend of mine went out and bought a big old city bus. and uh, We started going from door to door asking people to drive that bus. And, and for the first week, we didn't have anything. And the next week, we had... We said, well, we'll carry our own kids on the bus. So we put our family on the bus and we went to church and nothing happened. We'd knock on doors. We'd do everything. People would not come. And we went to the pastor and said, Pastor, this just ain't working. We just can't get anybody to come. And he said, have you prayed about it? No. We're doing the hardest we can to get them to come. We ain't prayed about it. He said, that's your problem. You're trying to do it yourself. And uh, he said, pray about it. And we got together, the three of us, and prayed about it that God would help us to build that bus route, get people to come. And this is the honest truth. In, in a, in a two-block street, the very next week, we went every Thursday. On, uh, the next week, we went and visited that one block. My first door I knocked on, I said, we got a bus route to pick uh, people to church. And they had three little kids, and they said, well, we'd like for them to go. And they said, but I said, do you know anybody else in the neighborhood that's got children who would like to come to Sunday school? Go to the house right over there and talk to them. We went right over there and talked to them, got them to come. They said, do you know anybody? Right, go right down there at the end of that street, and there's some more kids down there. And we had about six or eight kids ride that bus over that one street the very next Sunday. You know what the problem is? Most people try to live the Christian life in themselves. They, they think going to church or tithing or, or just being a good person, a good parent or a good mother or a good father or, or son or daughter. They try to live it on their own. You can't do it. You cannot live the Christian life on your own. It's Christ in you is our strength. We're disabled. But then the Bible says, get up and walk. You know what that means? Serve the Lord. Just simply serve the Lord. Do the best you can to serve Him. I like what a man told me one time, a great old preacher, when I went to him and he was dying in the hospital. And I said, sir, I want to ask you something. I am perplexed right now. In fact, I went by a place 
where I was building the shell station where I surrendered to the Lord yesterday. And I remember right there on that sidewalk where I surrendered to the Lord to get in the ministry. And uh, I was thinking about it. And I went, I didn't know what to do. Didn't know where to go. Didn't know what to do. I just knew that I couldn't be what I was at that time anymore. I had to do something for the Lord because He had called me and I knew it. And I went to the hospital to see this preacher. I said, how did you know what to do for the Lord to serve Him? And he said, preacher, it's like getting in a canoe in a fast-moving stream without a paddle. He said, you push off and wherever that canoe lands, you get off and do your best. And that's the key. Do your best to serve the Lord. And he said, if you get that old not gut feeling in your stomach that you're in the wrong place, he said, you get back in the boat, that canoe and show off again. He said, when, when you land at the place that God wants you, and you do your best. Now, some people get off and they'll do their half best. But you got to do your best to serve the Lord. And when you get off and start serving the Lord and you get that peace of God in your heart and in your gut that this is where God wants me. That's where you know you're right. You know why? Because we have the Holy Spirit in us. He speaks to our heart. He lets us know what He wants us to do. Some people want to get saved and sit down and do nothing. Never do anything for the Lord. Well, the proof, and they'll always doubt their salvation at one time or another in their Christian life. They'll doubt their salvation. I have never seen a soul winner doubt their salvation. A soul winner knows. He leads other people to Christ. He's happy in the Lord. He has that peace of mind. He's doing his best to serve the Lord. And people is busy doing something, whatever it is that God leads on your heart to do. I know there's a great need today to visit the rest homes and the people that's dis- disabled. We used to have a group here, elderly uh, people. We had a little van, and I would take them. Men, some of the greatest people I ever met in my life is in these rest homes. And they're put there by their family, and their family don't visit them. They're left alone, and they're so lonely they need somebody to talk to. And I, I got some ladies and men together, and we would go visit these homes, and we would sing and preach to them, and have the best time. Met some of the best people you ever want to meet. There's such a need, and how simple that is, you know. And it's just so many ways that you can serve the Lord and everybody has the idea well that's a preacher's job no it's not that is his job but it's also everybody else's job that's the Christians simply because if you have Christ in you then he plainly tells you you will do good works you'll do something I, I, I was helping somebody the other day by giving them something that said, preacher why do you do that because I want to it's just that simple. There's something in there that gives me that desire to do something to help somebody. And and that's the proof of your salvation. Now, how do you do that? I can't on my own. 
I don't have the strength. I don't have the power. But when you realize that Jesus is my power, there's a verse of Scripture that I claim all the time. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I don't care what it is. If I want to do it for the Lord, which He wants me to do, if he, if I want to do it for the Lord, and He is my strength, He is my power, then I have that assurance with me all the time. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Amen. Pray with me, please. Father, thank You for this miracle and what it means to us personally today. And I ask You, dear Lord, that somebody understand what it's all about. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.